Welcome to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Future Leaders is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, focusing on pharmacy student perspectives, interviews, and the future outlook of our pharmacy industry. This is Brandon Dyson, founder of TLDRPharmacy.com, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Tony Guerra, for the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, broadcasting from the Des Moines area Community College Health and Public Services Building on DMAX Ankeny Campus. Connect with me via Messenger on Facebook, Tony Farm D1, or you can find over 1,200 pharmacy videos at Tony Farm D on YouTube, or on my newly revamped website, memorizingpharmacology.com. That's bad when you can't memorize your own website. All right, Brandon Dyson and Sam O founded www.tldrpharmacy.com. It provides cheat sheets and easy to understand overviews of dense clinical topics. He's a clinical pharmacist for an academic medical center in Austin, Texas, and an assistant professor of pharmacology for the online nurse practitioner program at the Georgetown University School of Nursing. He graduated from Howard University College of Pharmacy, completed a PGY-1 practice residency at Georgetown University Hospital in D.C., and he is board certified in pharmacotherapy. He can be reached at brandon at tldrpharmacy.com. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thanks for having me, Tony. Um, we're going to just start off with this one question, then we're going to see where the conversation takes us. But everyone's leadership road is a little bit different. Uh, tell us exactly what you're doing now as a pharmacist and how you got there. Okay. So right now I'm, as you mentioned, in an academic medical center. Um, it's associated with the University of Texas. It's right in downtown Austin. Um Primarily, I'm working in oncology. I am the uh, pharmacist in charge of a, well, will be the pharmacist in charge of a outpatient infusion center pharmacy that's not fully open yet. So it's a pending pharmacist in charge, so to speak. But anyway, I, but I, I work there most of the time, over 80% of the time, and the rest of the time I will float around doing stints just on the inpatient floors um, and just and also in a strict distribution model. Um, from the central pharmacy. Okay, and what do you feel is your area of expertise? Because you said that you did residency. Did you do PGY2 and PGY1 or just PGY1 and then oncology? Or how did you get into that area of expertise? So I did a just a PGY1 residency. Um, and honestly, I didn't do a PGY2. I didn't have much of an interest in it. I sort of accidentally fell into oncology um, I was looking for jobs at the end of my PGY-1 residency, and the director of pharmacy at Georgetown University Hospital, where I did residency, said, we want you to work here in the oncology pharmacy. Well, when and that I said, guy says, uh, we want yeah. you to work at Georgetown, you're like, you know, let me just talk it over, figure it out. Yeah. That's that's a great opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, it, uh, And I ended up growing to like it quite a bit, so it was really fortunate um, in that sense. Now, are you a native Washingtonian? What made you pick Howard over maybe Maryland or one of the Virginia schools? So I am from Maryland, born in Maryland, spent most of my life there. Um, spent a couple of years in Delaware also. I lived at the beach for a little bit, and uh, it was Bethany Beach, Delaware, just for a little bit, um, for a couple of years. And then I moved, and I was living in Arlington, Virginia at the time that I was applying for pharmacy schools. And 
honestly, I mean, Howard, it was a proximity thing was my primary con- primary concern. And that's terrible advice that most people probably <laughs> shouldn't follow. But it, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I was loving living in Arlington. I had a stable group of friends there and Howard was very close. It was convenient. And so it was actually the only school I applied to. And I figured if I didn't get in, I would try again the next year and I'd expand my search out. Um, but luckily I got in and everything kind of worked out and fell into place from there. We actually have similar, maybe parallel paths where I'm a Marylander too. I started, uh, I went to Wooten first, then uh, up to Quince Orchard. And now there's a pharmacy school six miles from my parents' home. Uh, but oh, I went wow. up to the flagship up in Maryland just because uh, Baltimore was the only school in Maryland. I applied to one school uh, and said, yeah, this is where I want to go. And uh, if I don't get in, well, I'll try again next year. So we're we're kind of uh, maybe on just a different different metro lines, uh, but we yeah, had, right. uh, kind, <laughs> of, uh, kind of had the same uh, decision-making process where we said, this is my school, this is where I want to be. And, and with the rapid expansion of the schools, actually, proximity seems to be something that these new schools are really considering. Uh, I know there's one that's uh, in the Central Valley in California, and there wasn't anything there. Uh, so it's getting a lot easier to maybe stay at home or something like that and make uh, kind of that part of your savings plan. Uh, I know that the the loans and things like that are getting a little bit uh, crazy. But tell me a little bit about how TLDRPharmacy.com came to be. Uh, you're one of the faces behind some of these very altruistic websites. Give ton of free information, ton of free uh, clinical expertise uh, that you can rely on because as you know, everything on the internet is true. So, um, you know, how did you decide to kind of uh, do this? And, and I'll maybe tell you a little bit of my story after where uh, my goal was really to combat the bad information that was out there. That's a good goal. Um, for So for me, TLDR Pharmacy was sort of, in one sentence, it's the thing that I wish existed when I was in school. Um, and and I've had countless other people, students, current, tell me the same thing. When I was in school, I, you know, I worked really hard. I grew really passionate about learning everything. I, I enjoyed it. I tutored all throughout school, so I kind of was always studying and like either for my test or for the the test that I was training the underclassmen for. And one of the struggles I found, I mean, among many of them, but one of the many was. I would sit there reading DePiro or Coda Kimball or, you know, whatever book I was in at the time. And especially by the end of the night, I'm reading and I've, I've just read the same paragraph 10 times in a row. <laughs> and I still have no idea what I just read. Guilty. And, yeah, right, right. I mean, and I'm like, my notes, I never wrote in pharmacy speak. When I was writing notes, I, I would draw pictures of to myself. I'd make little jokes. I mean, sort of exactly like I talk, I would write in human words. Um, and I think that sort of really helped resonate with me learning. And then it seemed to also resonate because my notes were my primary material that I use when I was tutoring the underclassmen. And I noticed that it resonated. And then, so that was part one of it. So I wanted something like that. And the other thing I noticed was when I went on rotations, I started doing rotations and even in residency, you know, academically, I actually, I did pretty well at Howard. I did well on tests. I was always, I've always been a good test taker, but how does that apply to a patient? You know, can it like, what's clinically relevant? Like I could spit out, Oh, this can cause this, 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 and this. And you know, the ultimate question is cool. What are you going to do? about <laughs> it? You know? Yeah, and then absolutely. I felt like I didn't have that. I didn't have that at all. Um, 
because you can read incidences in Lexicomp or Micromedics or in Depiro, but what does that mean? You know, can you really apply that? Like, what do you, oh, cool, he's on six QT prolonging agents. What does that mean? Like, what are you going to do about it, you know? And so I wanted TLDR Pharmacy and Sam, Sam and I wanted TLDR Pharmacy to be something that was ideally fun to read because you spend all day, eight hours a day in lecture. You don't want to go read another textbook, right? You want something that's easily digested. That no, sounds maybe like yeah. your older brother or yeah. something. No, um, I'm studying some of those design principles now and some things that I didn't even think about are uh, people want to see pictures. They want to see color. Uh, I didn't even think about that. So that makes it more likely that they'll read it. And a lot of those things you've kind of uh, integrated. Do you have a background in design or do you have any of those kind of principles? Because your website reads really, really well as if you know someone professionally did it. Is that something in your background? It's I thank you first off I appreciate that. Um, no, I we work really really hard. Sam is pretty good at design. He's phenomenal, in fact, at it. The amount that he's able to cram onto like the cheat sheets that we make are just in setting up the site. In terms of the writing, I've invested pretty heavily in learning how to write. Um, med, read multiple books, taken online classes on it. It's I wanted to be good at it. I decided to really focus on improving my communication skills in that venue. So I feel like even if you read some of the early stuff compared to reading some of the later stuff, you can almost, at least I can see it, you can see it like how I've evolved as a writer over the year and a half or so that we've been doing it. And, you know, it's, I'm going to continue working at it and ideally just keep getting better, but it's a active practice. <laughs> There's a book that came out, I want to say recently, I want to say it's uh, probably about 10 years old called How Doctors Think. And in it, uh, there's this big buildup in the first uh, part of it where uh, this guy just got out of medical school. It's his first day as a resident. He's talking to a patient, doing everything right, and then the patient's eyes go wide, and we find out that he's having an aortic rupture, and he freezes. So, you know, he passed, obviously, his boards. He did all he needed to do to become a resident, but now what? You know, and he was fortunate that there was a cardiologist around, But but tell me a little bit about how... A TLDR fits into NAPLEX. Uh, am I getting PICOA right? Is that how we say that acronym? And then clinical <laughs> practice because it seems that now pharmacy schools are being put in this bad position where they have to have students do well on this first test and then they have to have students do well on the NAPLEX. But then uh, if you go to the academic literature, if you go to all the education literature, if you teach to the test as we've had to in kind of K through 12, you find that people are not practice ready or not able to um, function uh, clinically as you're talking about. So how is TLDR kind of uh, bridging that gap or kind of working within that space? I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I kind of seek for it to be, I want it to be the, the bridge connector, the gap filler. Um, because and, and so what I mean by that is, if, like especially on some of the longer articles, I, I try to, I consciously try to incorporate all all facets of it. Like I will give the plain English explanation of here's the pathophysiology, here's what's going on, here's the pharmacology for that matter. Here's you know, this is an active 10A inhibitor, and this is what's going on, and this is what it's actually doing. 
Then I will also try to give you, here's what a test question is probably going to look like in school, right? Like if I was, if I was writing a test question and this is something I actually do in my profession, you know, <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the sort of thing that I would write as, as a test question. This is what I would consider testable knowledge. And then I try to say, okay, so now we're in clinical practice. Um, I, I guess I'm still thinking of a, I did recently did an anticoagulant breakdown, but there's, you know, we look at, I look at the NOACs. Um, in pretty good detail in that article. And uh, here's all the trials and here's what they compared here with like, here's the AFib trials, you know, between all of the NOACs. Here was the CHAD score that they were comparing against warfarin. Here's what it found. So you see, okay, apixaban was actually superior, even though it wasn't a, it was not a superiority trial compared to warfarin and it was actually safer. And so like, here's the practice implications, you know, so if you're, if you have a patient that's got a risk for bleeding, maybe a pixaban was a good NOAC when, if you weren't going to go with warfarin and AFib, you know, and so I try to like incorporate all three aspects, basically test questions, plain English <laughs> explanations, and just clinical practice pearls, things that you can tell yourself, the physicians and nurses and anyone else you're working with. And of course the patients, because patients don't want you to sit there and talk about, you know, they, they're not, they're going to, they're going to glaze over if you sit there and talk about respiratory depression and hyperkalemia. And like, if you start saying all these mumbo jumbo words, like it will mean nothing to them. So, but tell me a little bit about the humor that goes into the site too, because although you didn't make this your title, the title of what the, the newer one could have been, let's pick four letters between V and Z for our brand name of our next, uh, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. the Trixaban, what is it, Bavixa or something like that? Yeah. And that uh, let's, you know, so how is it that you kind of incorporate some humor into it? Uh, when you send an email uh, out and I'm, I'm on your subscriber list, let me actually tell you how I got on your subscriber list. I told my APPE student that I want to learn about, you know, chemotherapy and uh, these other topics. And she's like, okay, well, I downloaded these. I had to pay for them. But, you know, and I was like, what did you download? It's like, oh, I went to TLDR. I was like, what's TLDR? So <laughs> then I went to TLDR and then I subscribed uh, and then I started getting your emails and I was like, oh, this is fun. This isn't, I don't want to knock anything, so I'm not going to say something yeah. specific, but, but I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. This is fun. How do you, how have you kind of kept humor in it? Because it's almost like, oh, there was a movie like this, but basically it was like, there's no laughing in the pharmacy. No laughing. <laughs> yeah. said, no, no. Six years. No laughing. This is organic, pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics. There'll be no laughing, and and if you go to one conference versus another, I'm not going to mention the name of the conference where you go to apply for residencies, but it's just a little <laughs> little more stiff because everybody's so scared that some residency director is going to see them somewhere on social media and they're not going to get the residency of their dreams and so forth. Um, how have you come, have come back out of that and incorporated humor into uh, learning? Because really, if it's funny, if it's humorous, uh, it tends to stick. Honestly, I mean, that's just me. That's just, it's me and Sam. That's just our person that like reading an article on TLD, it, if I was to explain it, if I was presenting it to you in a class, maybe with not cursing because we curse occasionally in it. So I really <laughs> went through that in a lecture hall. But if I was, if you were, if I was precepting you on an appy rotation, like this is how I would talk to you. I, it's just my personality. I joke, Sam jokes. It's just who we are. Um, I think that does tend to help it does differentiate us from a lot of the other stuff out there. Um, but I, and that's, 
you know, we want that. Like I want people to enjoy reading the website. You know, it's, we put a lot of work into it, many, many hours. I want you to get it and I want you to come away with useful knowledge that, you know, hopefully you didn't have a terrible time reading. Um, no, I'm embarrassed to say that I, I would prefer to read it that way than, than to go to, you know, the journals and, and I almost feel like I'm, I'm picking up some really good cliff notes, like super cliff notes, like that I, I can say, no, this isn't wiki. It's TLDR. And like, oh, okay, well, that's all right then. You know, this is so, it's just. Well, so I think that anyone would prefer, like, and, and if they, if they tell you, like, I prefer reading journals, like they're probably lying. Like <laughs> the only, the only reason, I mean, you need to validate what I say. And like, and I'll plaster disclaimers all over the website, right? Because stuff changes and I might be wrong. Like I'm not, I'm not Superman, you know? So it's, you know, suspect. So like, please validate, don't use it as a source, but it's my opinion on, on whatever topic it is that, that I'm discussing. Right. And so that's why you should always validate and be able to read. I think like we need to be able to do both. We need to be able to understand and evaluate literature and whether or not it's clinically relevant to whatever patient population we're working with. But we also need to be able to translate it for our patients and for doctors. And we need to be able to speak both languages, kind of just being like multilingual, bilingual, trilingual, however many languages we have yes. to speak. So but, within within the triangle of the nurse, doctor, physician's assistant, physical therapist, dentist, you know, and all of that. Tell me a little bit about how, um, so if we go 20 years back, we were separate, separate buildings. Nursing was in one building. Medicine was in another building. Pharmacy was in another building. Um, maybe we would see each other out, but we would even call our parties, though that's a pharmacy party, that's a lawyer party, that's a doctor party. Uh, what is it that you've been able to do since you're a little more recent graduate that is different that you've been able to kind of bridge that uh, with the other practitioners? Uh, because we talk about the value of the pharmacist to pharmacists, but how do you convey that to nurses, doctors, physicians, physician's assistants? Honestly, I think the biggest thing is going in with a mentality of how can I help out these other people? And, you know, it's not what can I get or how can they make my life easier? And so what I like when I'm on, when I'm dealing with the infusion chemo nurses that I work with or the nurses on the floor or the medical residents or whoever it is. And, and it's, it's not like in a fatherly talk. It's, it's like, Hey, I'm a colleague. I'm, I'm right there at the nurse and nurses station on the floor talking to nurses, developing a relationship with them, you know, what are their needs, trying to learn from them because they know a whole lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, neat, I never thought about that, you know. I teach the nurse practitioners, like you mentioned, and I learn stuff from them every week <laughs> for years. It's And so I think that's really the biggest step is like actually viewing ourselves as part of a team, not as, not as some – you know, and, and thinking about what, as a pharmacist specifically, can we contribute to this team, right? Like, they don't need us to tell them about the diagnosis, They're, or in most cases, even the pathophysiology or the pharmacology about the drug. What they want to know is, what what is the renal dose? They want, you know, like, because that's the sort of thing that we tend to focus on and catch. Or they want to know, I've got a HIV patient that needs PCP prophylaxis with Bactrim, but he's got a soft allergy, like, what can I use? Right. Like they want, they need to know like the third and fourth and fifth line agent. So like being as useful and ready and 
just nice. <laughs> That's kind of like their dad, you know. Be just, be, nice. Just be nice. Be, like be nice. Swayze be says. useful and uh, look it up if you don't know it. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, so we've got you've kind of got all of this coming together, and you just sent out a survey this morning uh, asking, you know, who is my audience. So you've kind of built up this audience, and it sounds like you're trying to. Um, even fine-tune it a little bit more, but what are the early results? Uh, I'm trying to cheat here and, you know, get the, you know, get the Florida results before they came in, hours uh, before they came in. Come on, what is Florida? Why did Florida stop? It's always Florida. <laughs> it's always Florida. But who do you feel your audience is or who has really gravitated? Because uh, the P4 student I had was just like, oh, this place, this is, you know, they're just on it. Like, oh, this is, this is the place that you want to go if you want to you know, get, and she was talking about second and she, when we weren't, we were talking about that, like HIV or oncology, once you get to kind of that, there's a kind of a point where here's where pharmacy school stops. And then here's where I ask a question and it's like, Oh, that's going to take some research. Um, so where are you in there or who's your audience? So one, if you still are in contact with that student, please send her a thank you note for me or, you know, to, let me give her a shout out right now. Um, but two, I, most of our audience, I mean, the bulk of, of our audience are pharmacy students. Um, and with a pretty close second actually being pharmacists, um, and from people that I've interacted with, I mean, from all walks of life, any specialty, that you can name or no specialty at all. Some have been practicing for several decades. Some are new practitioners, some are current residents. We've still, we also have a couple hundred nurses and a couple of hundred, you know, we, we classify as other, which could be a doctor or PA or et cetera, or someone else that doesn't fit nurse, pharmacist or pharmacy student, but easily the bulk is pharmacists and pharmacy students. And that's who I'm speaking to. I mean, that's the experience that I have I, I can't speak for many of the issues that a nurse has outside of what I pick up from the students I teach and the people I interact with at work. Um, what about social media? Where's, what's your preference? So for me, Facebook is family and social and uh, YouTube is really my strength. That's where I have, you know, the seven or 8,000 subscribers and and then uh twitter maybe behind that you know six thousand something like that but on you know snap i think i have five like <laughs> followers and on uh you know what's what's the other one um that's associated with facebook now that went, went for a billion instagram dollars. yeah yeah instagram Insta, yeah. forget it like i i don't yeah. even know what my my screen name is there if that's even what you call it. I, so I think ID stewardship probably owns that realm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, over I'm, there, I'm yeah. going to be talking to him soon, I hope too. So um, tell yeah. me what, what's your kind of, I don't want to say social plan, but where do you feel most comfortable? Because I almost feel like the website is the center of your social universe. Yeah. I, my preference quite honestly is, is honestly email. Um, we have presence on social. I probably am not nearly as active as I should be. And that's, mostly a time constraint. Um, it takes a long time to write the articles that we write. And if I sit there and try to like it, cause if you read any article about how to engage with social media and you have to have a Pinterest and you have to have an Instagram and yeah, Twitter times and, a day, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm like, it's just not going to happen. And there's, I use a tool called Hootsuite and that'll post to several platforms automatically, which helps. But 
I, I just don't have the time right now. Um, if I'm practicing full time and, you know, with a family to, uh, to manage that. So I really, I prioritize the email lists. Um, but Facebook is where I spend most of my other time. Um, that's the only social platform I had prior to TLDR pharmacy. TLDR pharmacy has, we have a, uh, a Twitter now and we have, which th- there's a few dozen followers, but nothing much. And we have a few hundred on Facebook, but it's just not been as, uh, as active for us as of yet, just tell because me, yeah. go ahead, sir. Go ahead and tell me a little bit about building up an email list because, uh, so we've got Brandon Gurleman and, um, he's big into nutrition and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, Tyler Dalton down at Auburn, who's also a big nutrition guy and, uh, they're good on social, but, um, how would somebody like that, who's interested in helping other people, um, getting that information to them? Because what I'm finding is that the students are, and this might sound wrong, but they're not very into social. Like they're all on LinkedIn because that's safe and everywhere else is unsafe. So in some ways they've kind of shied away from Twitter or they use it for only information. How do you build an email list? How do you get your website to kind of capture those things and and provide value such that people stay with your emails and actually read your emails and interact with you? Definitely. So step one, I mean, the, re- the way to, to get someone on an email list, at least the way we do it, is we offer, we offer you something valuable. Um, in our case, it's an antibiotic cheat sheet. We actually offer a few things. We offer an antibiotic cheat sheet that we created. We offer chapter one of a book that's it's called how to, It's Pharmacy School, The Missing Manual is the book, and it's basically our, our how-to on how to get the most out of pharmacy school and position yourself for success. And then we offer also a cheat sheet that is literally, we compiled a bunch of checklists and evaluation criteria that residency programs use to evaluate people interviewing. And we brought that into like a a seven or eight page PDF and say, here's exactly what the people are going, like the grading criteria that you're going to get when you go and interview at a residency program. So those are very quick, valuable things that we're giving you for free in exchange for your email address and in exchange for your attention, you know, as much of it as possible. And then the other thing is just, I try not to email you unless, unless there's something of value, whether it's a new post or maybe there's something new going on. Like we tend to give out, if we create a new cheat sheet or something, we tend to offer we pre-sell to our list for a discount typically before we announce it to the public, give you some reason to be on the list. Um, you know, and as an, as a way of saying, thank you for, for doing this. And I can attest to the value of that antibiotic cheat sheet. We were going back and forth on it like, Oh, this is so good. So we were just, uh, cause I've got my, my textbooks here and I'm like, wow, we just took 50,000 words and put it down to about, you know, a couple of hundred. So I appreciate the cheat sheet. And then we uh, downloaded some of the other ones as well. Well, um, what's the best way for people to contact you? I know that they can, you know, sign up for TLDR, but what if they wanted to get in touch with you? I, I heard it at the beginning, but what's, is that email address the best way to contact you? Yeah, Brandon at tldrpharmacy.com is the best way. It'll, it goes straight to my personal inbox. Um, and if you write me, I'll write back, I promise. So, <laughs> and one last thing about that TLDR, I'm, my undergrad is in English. Can you explain 
uh, TLDR for those that might not know the phrase and why yeah. how, it, how it fits so so well into pharmacy. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's sort of tongue in cheek, but if you it, I, I got it from Reddit, but you find it on any any like online messaging sort of forum platform or whatever, but it stands for too long didn't read. Um, so too long semicolon didn't read. And and the premise is the poster, whatever, like whatever you wrote was just way too long. I want a summary. So like a, a commenter might just put TLDR at the end of a very long post <laughs> saying like, I want a summary. And, and some of our articles are ironically, it's almost funny because like some of our articles are seven or 8,000 words long, which is not short at all, but it is like our anti-coag post is shorter than the chest guideline. So I guess it's a somewhat abbreviation there. Well, I still am looking for TLDR Pharmacy, the audio book to come out on Audible one day soon. So hopefully that, that will happen. But let me ask Might you have to get your help with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I just, I really got lucky with that top 200 drug book I wrote. Um, I've written four books after it and I'm still looking for a book that comes even close to that one. So it, uh, really? yeah. And, and I'd written some before that, that were so bad that I just, I can't, Amazon will not take books down. But I got to tell you, I've, I mean, I've read memorizing pharmacology, <laughs> you know, a relaxed approach or, and I, I recommend it. I'm, I recommend it already to my nursing students this year. I mean, because it's, it's good. It's, it's easy well, to read. I appreciate that. Context. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I like the way I like the way you break down the etymology of the words. Like that's a it, your background there serves you really well. I thought it was really useful. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's go with a couple of quick hit questions uh, to close it out. Kind of keep it under the our uh, listeners' commuter time. Uh, what's yeah. your best daily ritual to keep your work on track? I wake up at five in the morning most mornings. Um, I make a coffee. Um, and I sort of get, I, I might read a personal book that I'm reading, uh, normally nonfiction for five or 10 minutes while the coffee's brewing. And then once the coffee's here, I sit at my desk and I start writing or doing whatever it is I'm doing for the TLDR at that moment, moment. Um, what's the best career advice you've ever received or given you went to Georgetown and now you're at a destination like Austin. So how did that happen? <laughs> uh, so the, best career advice. Yeah. So I would, I guess two things. One is be flexible, be open-minded. I did not ever seek to get into oncology, but I was offered a position there because I was thought to be according to, this is according to the directors. I don't want to quote, <laughs> But uh, because I was well-rounded and could pick pick it up quickly and was needed there. And I ended up really – I did not think I wanted to go in oncology, honestly, but I did want a job. I'm like, I need money. So I, I tried it out, and I really grew to like it. So one, be open-minded. Two, don't look at the job as something that – like what can I get out of this job? Think of what can I give. Like be the solution to whatever problem – like and think that way on your interview when you're interviewing at a job too don't think of oh cool well, how much money am i going to get and what you know am i going to have to work weekends and nights don't think that way think of how can you solve that place's problems that will help you get jobs in dc or austin which are busy markets and not always easy to get a to get a full time gig in definitely and then what inspires you 
boy, I, I don't know. <laughs> Inspires. Um, I am inspired consistently by my wife and child. Um, and that's a kind of a canned answer that probably ever, but it is true. They're both such my child, he's only two and a half years old, but just the way he learns and interacts and he wants to learn and ask questions every day. It's a continuous, I mean, like most two year olds, I guess, but it's a continuous mindset. And it's the same with my wife, really. She's, she's just awesome. So, and this child is more like you or more like your wife? (laughs) I would actually put him at 50-50. He's gone back and forth to favoring one of us, but (laughs) he's a pretty good split right now. Okay, cool, cool. All right, well, thanks so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Tony. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag PharmacyFutureLeaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.